Welcome to Lou Palumbo's Between the Lines. Problem solving for our future. Lou. Common sense, logic, and reasoning. Lou. The man that can't stand hate and animus. Lou. Stimulating the thought process of America. Lou. Where being right is not political, it's factual. Lou. Providing real solutions in real time. And now, here's your host, Lou Palumbo. Election Day, ladies and gentlemen. Defining moment for the future of the country. Before I get into this too deeply, you know, there's no question that we're divided to a degree that's unprecedented, I believe, in the history of the country. Although I've only been on the planet a short window of time, at least in my lifetime. You know, I am deeply troubled as to how divided we are. I'm looking at some of the candidates that have been, I would say, presented before us for consideration. I want to speak to one immediately in Pennsylvania. This man, Fetterman, John Fetterman. He clearly has brain damage from that stroke. That's not his fault. But there's a lack of morality attached to attempting to promote him as a a viable representative for the people of Pennsylvania. I know how divided we are. I know how much hate and animosity has been generated as a result of some of your elected officials and this media. But if you watched that debate, it was troubling. As they started the debate, he said goodnight to everyone. Through the course of the debate, the debate, he could not process, process auditory information. They had a closed caption screen up for him. He was still struggling to answer questions, which means the brain is incapable of processing information and responding accordingly. I'm not picking on John Fetterman. This has nothing to do with politics. This has to do with how misguided we've become as a nation. And let's be candid. You know, Oz isn't the strongest person running for you know, Senate seat in the state of Pennsylvania. I understand how people feel there. You know, we've got a choice. It's like we're picking the lesser of evils. I'm watching what's going on in New York. I'm listening to President Clinton shamefully try to tell the New Yorkers that this whole thing about crime is is conjured up or that the Republicans are, uh, I would say, disproportionately reporting it. That just simply isn't true. We had six people attacked on the subway yesterday. I have the intel briefing in my phone. We had a woman raped three or four days ago on the West Side Highway in a prime part of Manhattan. Violent felony assaults are up. Robberies are up dramatically. Burglary is up dramatically. Grand larceny is up dramatically. The one crime that's down, ironically, is homicide. Murders are down. They've made a concerted effort to get guns off the street in the city of New York. I know, because that's where I'm from. I'll tell you something you might find interesting. 85% of these gun collars, as we refer to them, these gun arrests, are going unprosecuted. And you're trying to sell the American public and the residents of the city of New York that are city safe or any city safe? How dare you? This isn't about Republicans or Democrats. This is about the truth. This is about morality. It's about the future of this country and what people are entitled to. Shame on Obama. Shame on Clinton. Shame on Biden, all of them. You men consider yourself leaders? Try telling the truth. I defy you to get in a room with me. I defy you to. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'll put you before a former chief of detectives that will buzzsaw you with statistics. You think it's like a joke. People are afraid to go out at night in New York City and eat. That's not a perceived fear. 
And if it is perceived, it's incumbent upon you to diffuse that perception, not make a joke of it and say it's being overplayed because it's not. We've had carjackings in Manhattan in broad, broad daylight, in midtown Manhattan. We had an aide of former Governor Cuomo struck in the head with cinder block on, on 3rd Avenue. I believe it was 47th Street. Do me a favor, folks. Go walk through Penn Station. Take a good, hard look. You'll understand why the vehicular traffic is so high. And by the way, this problem is resonating throughout the United States in almost every major city. Philadelphia had nine people shot yesterday. You want to tell them that this is being sold to you by the Republican Party? Guys, I'm not a fan of either party because at the end of the day, I don't see any problem solving going on here. My concern is that the Republicans are going to just walk through this race and then see what they're going to do going forward. You know, something else that might strike you as odd. We have over 5 million plus people cross into this country illegally. The vast majority of them unvetted. Don't let them lie to you. That's just simply the truth. Homeland Security will tell you. Customs and Immigration will tell you. The only people that won't tell you are your elected officials and this, this slanted media that selectively reports to you. I have to tell you something I heard. It might have been yesterday morning, and this is really so typical. I'm watching MSNBC, the morning show, right, with uh, Chuck Scarborough. And they decide to let out the fact that uh, South Korea, not North Korea, South Korea now wants nuclear weapons because of this this threat they feel from North Korea. Guess whose fault they believe that was? Donald Trump. He's been out of office 22 or 23 months. Put on your big boy pants, and if there was a relationship there or a fence that needed to be mended, go in and mend it. How do you blame a president for something that took place 23 months prior? This is one of the things Obama did, right? He went out and tried to mend the fence on, on relationships that didn't go well with us, to be candid with you. You know, one of the Bush administration, for example. We're going to redefine America. You're living with this redefinition right now, by the way, folks. This issue at the border is just inexcusable. I could take you from point to point. You know what the bottom line is? They all intersect in topic because it lends itself to the future of the young people here who are entitled to something much more than they're being given, and in particular are very, very young children that are being confused today. This information highway is just terrible. You know, I hate to break this to everybody, but we need to get rid of the 24-hour news cycle. I know that's a violation of the First Amendment and, you know, uh, their uh, civil rights and all this other happy horse shit. But the bottom line is this. They are damaging this country, and they have been doing so. They live in a bubble. They live in a cocoon. They think they're here to entertain you. They are not. They're here telling you, literally, if you listen to your media outlets, they're telling you who to vote for. Put on the news. They're telling you who to vote for. I listened to Ali Velshi, who I happen to know, he's a gentleman, on MSNBC, telling you about voting for the Democrats. I didn't know that was their responsibility. I'm listening to the, to the Democratic leaders sell you fear, not the Republicans, the Democrats, selling you fear that if you vote for a Republican, you're going to lose your democracy. I hate to break this to everybody, but your democracy was compromised the day Joe Biden was put into office. And I'm not saying that because I'm anti-Democrat. I'm just telling you the damn truth. This issue at our border is not something that the American people find palatable. They just don't understand a way to speak to it. Uh Aha. Maybe they will today. That's what this is about. It's election day. You're going to hear this show on Saturday, unfortunately, we're going to try to create a format in the future where you're going to be able to call in and this show is going to be live because you're entitled to some truthful explanations. And the truth is going to take us wherever it's going to take us, sometimes favorable to the left and sometimes to the right. 
But at this point, this is so out of balance. I don't even understand how they look the American public in the lie and continue this nonsense about your borders aren't broken. They are broken, period. Ask Jen Psaki. Okay, guys, um, we have a guest today, a gentleman, Jason Davis. He's a former deputy sheriff. He's retired. And he's now running his uh, successful security company, um, Don't Tread on Liberty. It's a podcast, and um, we're going to bring him on in a minute, and uh, we're going to have a little conversation with him. Guys, we'll be right back. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show, and to learn more about them, go to ourbetweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly. And as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart, another interesting concept. You can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home, the comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. Hi, Jason. How are you? And I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, Jason, I want to start out by asking, where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Ohio. Oh, very good. And where where did you serve as a deputy sheriff? Uh, Arizona. Oh, you did. So now I want to Mm -hmm. ask you how you relocated there. (laughs) <laughs> it's a long story, but, uh, I've been here for almost 25 years, so I'm practically a native. Very good. What agency were you with in Arizona? Uh, I've been with several, uh, Maricopa County Sheriff's office and several others. Maricopa. So, that's a rather controversial. County. Yeah. That's a controversial sheriff's office. Who was that sheriff there that, um, he was, yeah, pre- I work for, I work for Joe Arpaio. Yep, that's, that's America's toughest sheriff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, he was telling you the truth. Unfortunately, we just weren't listening. And I think he suffered for that if I recall correctly. So t- tell us a little bit about what you're doing today. Yeah. So now I'm uh, the host of the don't tread on Liberty podcast, um, where we basically discuss constitutional and, um, political issues of the day, uh, mainly around freedom um, so I've been doing that the last couple of years. All right, good. Do you have children by some chance? I do. Yeah. Young ones? Barely. Barely yeah. young. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're in the same boat. We have what they call skin in the game. And uh, clearly, the future of this country is going to impact the quality of their life. That's for sure. So let me, let me ask you this, um, through the, through the course of your, your podcast, what topics do you, you touch on? I mean, what do you focus on as far as concerns in this country? Yeah, it's mainly around constitutional and freedom issues. Um, I, I interview very high profile people, politicians, doctors, lawyers, things of that nature on uh, various issues. A lot of it, uh, you know, when I started, a lot of it was around COVID, but it's become more and more uh, about all different types of topics. So um, that's kind of where we're at with it. Yeah. So the consensus of opinion is that the country's in trouble. Is that a reasonable assumption on my part? Uh, If I'm a trained investigator, that's probably what I would tell you. Yeah. The interesting thing is a good percentage of the country is having a tough time getting that memo. You know, I'm I'm Mm -hmm. looking... At the polls, although I think the polls have become valueless 
which was emphasized in 2016, if you listen to how Clinton was supposed to slaughter Trump, didn't quite work that way. And I've come to the realization that we have a lot of um, what I call closet conservatives because, you know, they're not really interested in discussing their politics because they incur a lot of wrath from people that are not like-minded to them. So, um, you know, I'm sure that you are aware keenly, especially being where you're currently residing and where you worked, this problem at the border is just beyond description. And to be honest, my my position on it, and I'd be curious to hear yours, is that we have treason going on. You know, I don't know if you picked up on a, a uh, hearing about a month ago with the, with the Senate in Washington, D.C., where the FBI director came out and said, flat out, this threat to our national security, what's going on at the southern border. That would be enough to get my attention. He also stated in that uh, that little interview that every 12 hours the FBI opens up a case regarding China's activity in this country. So I'm sure that you guys are getting a, a big push on what's going on at that border. That's probably a really hot topic in Arizona. Is that a reasonable assumption? It is, but it's more of a distraction from anything else. I mean, they use things like this to distract people and, you know, watch from, over here, watch over here while I do all this other stuff to you over here type of thing. Well, so, elaborate, elaborate on that a little bit more, please, Jason. Well, it's a common tactic. They've been doing it to, to us for years. Um, they create, you know, manufactured crises and then they have everyone focused on that. And um, while the, you're looking over there, they're doing all kinds of other things behind the scenes. Well, but be specific. And, what do you think they're doing well, behind I the mean, scenes? A prime, yeah, there's a million examples, but I mean, I'll give you just one. Um, the election. Um, you know, every so 2020 election, I mean, it's widely thought to be uh, highly fraudulent. Um, would you agree? No. And I'll tell you why, because I took the time to watch the January 6th hearings, which, to be very candid with you, were valueless in many regards, especially since we're going to have a change of the guard as of today. So we're not going to prosecute anybody. Trump's not coming in that's, to, to be interviewed. Right. But I do want to say one thing about watching the hearings. They brought into play a number of people. And I'm not talking about Liz Cheney or this kid Kunsinger, whatever his name is, Hunsinger. I'm talking about the Attorney General Barr an Attorney Hirschfield. No, 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 no. You can't discard them this way. That's not how this. I can because I can because we've done multiple investigations on state levels and the Arizona Senate conducted an audit, which they intentionally blocked uh, the results from being made public. But (laughs) the guy who has the ballots, uh, Jovan Pulitzer, he's the guy who has all the ballots from the 2020 election. He says that the fraud is unbelievable and he points out what it is, how they do it. And you can go look that up, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. It's absolutely the case. Yeah, but then, let me ask you this, Jason. Then why didn't he go to any of our our, our uh, um, members in Congress or the Senate and present these facts so they he could did. open up? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, he did. He presented it. And like I said, the Republicans block it. Um, they don't let this information out. They intentionally bury it. Why? Why? And, why Jason? and I'll give you one other thing. I mean, you have all these candidates running on this platform in Arizona. You have Kerry Lake, you have, you know, Blake Masters, all these guys running on that on that very platform that there's substantial fraud that needs to be fixed. Well, the the fact is, is that 
The Arizona legislature did nothing in the last two years to fix our elections. Absolutely nothing. And we're voting on the same exact system as we did then, even though all these guys say that all this fraud took place. And funny, interestingly enough, none of these candidates did anything to help pass election reform when we could have done it. So a lot of these things are just distractions from what's really going on. But enjoy the theater today, folks, because it's all fake. I'm, I'm trying to get, to get to the meat and potatoes of what it is they're distracting us from. That, that's really where I'm trying to go with this thing. And if you're saying the, it's elections the election are fake, Lou, they're fake. You know, let me say one thing to you. That's very, very dangerous rhetoric. And I'd like you to look up a podcast I have with a young man by the name of Elliot Ackerman. He was a captain in the Marine Corps. He was the head of a special forces uh, uh, element in, in Afghanistan. And this discussion about questioning the validity of our election cycle is very dangerous. And it could result in a standoff. You can you can smirk, Jason, but it could st- it could result in a standoff between your military and your civilian populace. And I, and I, can, I have to say I something to you. you ex- I could give you example after example and show you fact after fact. But, but if you don't, if you're not already in on this, you don't really know. Then you're not going to know. But yeah, but my thing is this: is- you see, if in fact you're correct and you're saying that there are people that are comp- compiling informations that support the fact that the 2020 election, for example was rigged for back of let it, lack of uh, better uh, uh, explanation. And we've gone to some of our elected officials that are like-minded, for example, and they're not continuing this anthem based on being able to substantiate their claim. I mean, like Jim Jordan, for do example. Do you ever notice how the Republicans like to say that they're on your side about everything, but when they're in power, they don't do anything to help you? I, I can't argue that with you, buddy. That's the whole problem with the system today. That, that I've spoken to that already, Jason. I, that's a very good point. So it, my point is, is that these guys are just a psyop. You know, you think they're like-minded, but they're really just playing the part. This is a uniparty. They all work together going to the same place. So what do you, let me ask you this. What are you suggesting as a fix? Well, first, we need to have election integrity. And, you know, we tried to pass House Bill 2289 here, which would have given us that. And all the supposed MAGA people did everything they could to stand in the way. I wonder why that would be. Uh, You know, if what you're saying to me is factually true, and I have no reason to question your veracity, that's a really good question. But let me ask you this. Uh, who are you supporting uh, as far as the election cycle today? Because, you know, you, like myself, you question the agenda of the Republican Party. You, you, my concern is the same as yours. They're going to get into power and do nothing. Let's be honest. We're going to just continue to go in a circle. But who is it that you're supporting then? Or are you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these races, like I said, I, I think these people are already planted. I mean, And I could go through some of the candidates and tell you about their backgrounds and stuff. But I mean, if you look into these people and you find out where they've been and who they work for and who funds them, you can kind of really start to see like who's pulling the strings on this. Um, So I I don't really have, I mean, any um, candidates that I would support that you guys are probably aware of. I think local elections is where it's at, at your county level and below is really where you need to be focused. Interesting. Well, you know, unfortunately, it's highly unlikely that anyone other than who's in mainstream uh, voting cycle are going to stand a chance of getting elected. So it's I don't want to say it's like wasting a vote, 
But, you know, that you feel this way is rather interesting because really you're questioning the integrity of both sides of the aisle. Am I correct? Well, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's absolutely true. Look, I'm, I've been heavily involved here the last several years. I'm, you know, I know all these people. I've had dealings with them. I've talked to them. I'm down at the Capitol regularly. Uh, you know, so I know what goes on down there. I know what these people do behind closed doors. So, I mean, I've seen it and I know the games that they play. So, I mean, it's it really is two sides of the same coin. And this is nothing new. I mean, George Washington said this many years ago that the two party system would be the death of America. Guys, we're going to take a quick break on that note, and uh, we'll be right back. If you're looking for peace of mind, look no further than Global Elite for your safety. Global Elite Security Force is made up of active and former law enforcement agents. Their force has worked at the federal, state, and local level. They are dedicated to providing the most professional personal security and investigative services available in the private sector. With offices nationwide and globally, this footprint gives Global Elite the ability to coordinate protection and security anywhere in the world. Think of Global Elite Protection Services for special events, dignitaries, high-profile net worth individuals, and the entertainment industry security services, offering drones, weapons detection, shot sporting, chem biodetection, executive protection surveillance, dignitary protection, threat assessment, private investigation, and cyber security. They are the experts in intelligence and private protection services. Go to globalelite.us.com. That's globalelite.us.com to engage Global Elite. Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast and found the process confusing and overwhelming? Well, let Studio Podcast Suites of Jacksonville make it easy for you. They have everything you need to record, produce, and distribute a professional-sounding podcast. Studio Podcast Suites is Jacksonville's only five-star rated professional podcast studio rental and podcast service company. Studio Podcast Suites provides two clean and comfortable state-of-the-art recording suites for both audio and video podcast recording. They offer a complete menu of podcast services, including editing, podcast art, hosting, video, consulting, and more. Studio Podcast Suites. Jacksonville's premier professional podcast studio recording and podcast service company. Book your studio today at studiopodcastsuites.com. That's studiopodcastsuites, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Studio Podcast Suites. Guys, we're back, and the gentleman I have with us today is Jason Davis. He's a uh, former a uh, deputy sheriff in the state of Arizona, worked in some rather interesting jurisdictions. Some of them would be considered uh, controversial. He does have a podcast, Don't Tread on Liberty. It's uh, designed to inform, inspire, and educate people on their rights and their freedoms. And it's a very, I would say, worthy undertaking. And the con- conversation we're having is actually getting quite interesting because um, Jason has little or no faith in our system based on the two parties that, I guess, are running the country. I think that's a conservative statement and accurate. I, I'd like to someone to prove me wrong. Show me, give me an example where a so-called Republican has done anything that they say they stand for. Well, I hate to break it to the American public and I'm not a Trump supporter. So let me preface anything I say moving forward with that statement. But whether people like to acknowledge this or not, Trump did some things here that benefited the government, uh, the country. We became energy independent. Your inflation rate 
was 1.4%. Somehow, he magically was capable of bringing Kim Jong-un to the table twice, nothing done by any prior president. Um, He was harnessing manufacturing to come back into the country. And I'm not a Trump supporter. Okay, the reason problem I have with Trump is he's polarizing the country with the rhetoric. They have to have a certain level of demeanor in this country to be a leader. And that's absent on both sides of the aisle so far. We might see that change. But to be fair to the man, he did some things that were in the best interest of this country. When he left office and Biden came in, gas was a buck seventy-three, where I was paying for it at a Sunoco station. Now, I recently heard the president say it was five bucks a gallon, but moving forward, it hit four ninety where I live. And I know where is it where you are right now, Jason? How's the gas there? Yeah, it's uh, about three seventy. Well, still not not out of the ballpark, but creeping up. But so to be fair to Trump, and I'm not a supporter, that's a person that he did do a lot of things to better this country. He went into NATO, just to refresh everybody's memory, and he talked about the disparaging or disproportionate spending the United States was putting into NATO when, in fact, countries like Germany were engaged in conversation with Russia to receive assets from them. He did some things, in my opinion, that were good for this country. He also polarized it by unnecessarily ridiculing and demeaning people. Nothing good comes of that. So I gave you one example right there. I do believe there are people that love this country. The governor in this state, Ron DeSantis, just passed a law regarding parents called the Parental Rights Act. All it really simply does is allow parents to not allow their four and five-year-old children uh, who are being taught the color of crayons to have conversations about their sexuality or other people's sexuality. So there's two examples. So, you know, I I see you down on the system, and I got to be honest with you, Jason, it's not without good cause. But I do believe there's some people out there that do love this country. I think Nikki Haley is very committed to this country. I think Tulsi Gabbard is as well. You know, those those are a couple of people. I don't know. How do you feel? Let me ask you, how do you feel about uh, Nikki Haley or Tulsi Gabbard, for example? Not too good. Um, But I'm I'm glad you brought up President Trump because... um, that is a very polarizing topic. You know, you have because you you basically have two groups of people out there, right? Like you have the always Trumpers, like no matter what Trump does, he's always right. OK, and then you have the never Trumpers that will never give Trump the time of day. And then you have people like me that see things as they are. So let's talk about Trump. Um, like you said, he did a lot of good things, especially in his first couple of years. Um, I think he did a lot of good things. But let me say this. Um, He did a lot of damage to us as well. And it's not for the reasons that you line out. I mean, elaborate on that. Be specific. Yeah, well, I'm going to. So number one, he exploded the national debt. Okay. number two, he surrounded himself with, you know, globalist swamp creatures for four years while telling you he's going to drain the swamp, which I think is just ridiculous. Number three, he passed more gun control than Obama with fixed nicks. So, you know, uh, it doesn't look too good right now on the Republican uh, mantra or the platform, right? What gun control did he um, pass? It's called fixed nicks. Look it up. Um, is is it's this with the bumper stocks? Uh, well, that was part of it, but actually it created the first national gun registry, which is why the ATF has now 40 million gun records of gun owners. So you can thank President Trump for that. He did that. Okay. 
So um, what's, I'm, just, also, I'm, just, I'm just curious, Jason, but I, I hear what you're saying, but what's the concern that the ATF is able to account for guns in the hands of 40 million people? Where's the problem in that? I'm just curious. I'm just playing devil's advocate now because I might agree with you. I just want to hear what your thought is. I'm just pointing out to you that Republicans say they're against gun control and they don't want gun registries. But President Trump passed a gun registry bill and no one ever talks about it. Don't you think that's weird? I, I, I think that that's interesting to be very candid with you. But I want to ask you this. Do you have any idea of how many guns that we have in this country on the conservative side? Do you have an idea? Oh. I mean, conservatively, 500 million. 500 million is about right. You know what the ATF estimated it could be? What's that? About a billion. Yeah. So, so all the gun legislation and all this talk about gun control is really interesting, I guess, to garner headlines. But it's going nowhere because you can't disarm this populace. You know, I know statistics and statistics are very important. You know that there's only 800,000 law enforcement agents in a country of 335 million. I'd love to know who's going to enforce all these laws we have or disarm the American public. And a lot of law enforcement agents are like-minded like you and I that are staunch supporters of the Second Amendment. I don't know. Maybe um, maybe, um, maybe that 87,000 new IRS, IRS agents have something to do with it. Um, maybe you're right you know, about the, that. There's some discussion about that, too. And the Republicans are stating that when they get into all the, How about all the gun control bills that he's trying to pass right now? They just rammed one through like a couple of weeks ago. Which be specific as to which one, because I missed that. Okay, well, I forget what he called it, but um, they basically just banned uh, assault weapons, essentially, Um, or what they call assault weapons, which are not assault weapons. I I have no knowledge of an assault rifle ban in this country. Do you remember the Brady Bill? Absolutely. Yeah, it's very similar to that. Um, Some other things that President Trump did. He endorses terrible rhino candidates for office. I mean, terrible. Yeah, like, I, yeah I have a like, tendency to agree with you, Jason, on that. I mean, what, what he... What like he, Dr. Oz and, uh, you know, uh, and, and Vernon Jones. And I mean, I can go on and on, but it's really odd. I mean, I think it's very strange. And then, you know, he supports guys like Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum that, you know... <laughs> want to depopulate the world. So I just think it's kind of weird. And this guy, uh, you know, everybody wants to sing his praises, but for everything that he did good, none of it was lasting. I mean, Biden undid everything good Trump did with the, with the stroke of a pen on day one. You're right about that. The two issues that were big was shutting down the Keystone pipeline and the wall. Those are two of the big issues right there. But look, look, you know, you're plugged in on a lot of these issues. I have to be honest with you. But, you know, the whole thing at this point is how do we fix election fraud? I know you mentioned you alluded to some bill in uh, Arizona that you believe that even the Republicans or the MAGA people kind of uh, impeded passage. But how do you recommend we get this election fraud you know, straightened out? Yeah, I mean, it has to be one day, one vote on paper, in person, ID required. No machines, hand count, precinct polling. It's very, it's very simple. It, easy. There's, there's that word simple. I was just about to bring it into the conversation. Almost sounds too simple. And I can't argue with you. I can't argue with you in that regard. I think we need to simplify this whole process and bring the in, some integrity back to this, uh, this process. You know, my concern is that um, both sides of the aisle are 
perhaps untrustworthy. Not all of the people, but clearly, you know, the, the Democrats, for example, established that with their own candidate, Bernie Sanders. You know, I'm sure you are aware that he accused them of interfering or undermining his primary efforts. And then we caught Donna Brazile twice giving Hillary Clinton the questions to the primaries with CNN. And then we had, you know, additional um, emails exchanged between Podesta and Clinton. So, you know, you're, you're right about that. I can't argue with you. But, you know, the, the thing I want to say about uh, one of the things that drives this show is about fixing things. You know, in other words, if people come to me about the border and how to fix the border, I can give you that. This, this crime in our major cities, I don't know how impact, impacted you have been, but I've come out of New York City. New York City isn't in shambles, but we're knocking on the door. L.A. is a mess. Chicago's a mess. Philly's a mess. Um, D.C.'s a mess. San Francisco is just heart-wrenching to see what they've done to this city. Portland, Seattle, Minneapolis, Milwaukee. We can rattle them off, you know. And my attitude at this point is to try to get this genie back in the bottle, and it can be done. But we're going to have to come up with some viable solutions. And when I say viable, things that will work. And there are things that will work. As far as the economy goes, I know you believe that, you know, you stated that Trump got into the spending. What do you think about what Joe Biden just did with $5 trillion, which is why you have an 8.2 inflation rate? But more importantly, the cost of eggs have gone up 38%. Yeah. No, I, hey, look, Biden's terrible. Like, <laughs> I'm not defending Biden. I'm just telling you that Trump didn't do anything really that was lasting that helped the country. And <laughs> he did a lot of bad too. I, mean, I could go on and on and on, you know, about things that Trump did. And I just, I have serious questions. I mean, he needs to answer for these things. I don't know. I, I you know, he's talking. I tell he's you talking this, about Jason. running for president. He's talking about running again next time. Well, if that's the case, I'd like some answers to some of these questions. I, I think we're entitled to them. And that's sadly the, the January 6th hearings, if nothing else, I would say pointed out some type of personality disorder with him. And I'm not clinically backgrounded to support that. But I want to say this to you. Um, I would look at every presidency and I could point the finger. Let's go back to Herbert Walker Bush with these foreign policies in the oh. Middle East. No, 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 no. Listen. Bush was terrible. We've had terrible presidents for, oh, now, you know, now you're on a roll. Buddy. Now you got, now you've put your finger on the problem to be candid with you. We've gone from one president but, to the next president. But, and let me say one is, thing, Jason, let me say one thing. You, you said something interesting about the, the never Trumpers and these blind Trump supporters. We have the same thing going on with Barack Obama and Bill Clinton. Okay. Once they latch on to one of these, these entities, these people, they become blindly loyal to them. And that word loyalty is a very dangerous word. But I hear what you're saying about Trump, but we have to be fair and realize it applies to Obama too. It applies to all of them. And, and let me just be frank. I mean, the president really has very little to do with what's going on in your area, in your home. I mean, your local legislature is what is going to determine what happens to you where you live. And, you know, as of right now, we still have a 10th amendment. So if states want to stop any of this stuff, they can do it. Uh, most of the time they don't because they want money, but um, that's really where it's at. And all these people you elect and you send to Washington, DC, they're all voting the same. I mean, just look up the voting record of your favorite politician and Democrats vote the way the Democrat leadership tells them to vote 99% of the time. And the same true for the Republican side. Well, <laughs> it's funny how they're always moving us to the left. Um, 
you know, the Republicans get in power. President Trump had all three branches of government for two years. He had the House, the Senate and the presidency. And what did he do? Did he pass anything again? So this goes back to again. Let me me be fair to Trump, who I don't support. The president had this thing called um, Crossfire Hurricane, this investigation that was trumped up. (laughs) Interesting play on words. Okay, we now know historically that this Russian interference and this collusion didn't exist. His whole administration was hampered by an agenda to undermine him. Let's talk truthfully to this topic. When the I'm going to get to the break. Bear with me, guys. When we when we got to the pandemic, instead of putting our differences aside and galvanizing this country to help the American public, we decided to politicize it and weaponize it to undermine his administration. Listen, I'm not a Trump supporter, Jason, but I need to be fair to this man. He went through four years of attack, unprecedented in the history of this country, at least in my lifetime. They were on this man's heels from the time he got in to the time he got out. And I remind you of this. So did Joe Biden have all the House and the Senate. And so did Bill Clinton. So there's a common denominator to all of them. And you're right about this. The system is broken. And we need to try to fix this system, which is why I'd really like to talk about, say, term limits, for example. You see what I'm saying? Go ahead. Go ahead, Jason. Jason, let me do me a favor. Let me go to a break and we're going to come right back to you. Okay? so save that thought. We'll come right back to you, my friend. If you're a podcaster, I can't say enough good things about Buzzsprout. That is how we distribute our show. And to learn more about them, go to our betweenthelines.tv. I do want to explain one thing about Buzzsprout. Very user-friendly. And as you know, we incorporated ourselves. So if you're inclined to create your own uh, podcast and you want some real good support mechanism, we would tell you entertain Buzzsprout. They're very, very good. And as I said, we use them. Instacart. Another interesting concept, you can go to your favorite grocery stores, sign on to their application without leaving your home, the comfort of your home. Just pick out the items you'd like. They'll assign a personal shopper for you and deliver them to the point that you would like them delivered to. Another great concept, very user-friendly, and I'll be honest, we use it also. It's very effective, and they're very, very good. They're very uh, on point. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we have a gentleman with us today, Jason Davis. He's a former law enforcement agent, uh, served in um, Arizona in various jurisdictions, pretty well tuned in. He has a podcast I suggest you listen to, Don't Tread on Liberty. Um, His podcast tries to inform and inspire and educate the people on their rights and freedoms. He currently lives in Arizona, and he's, he's got some interesting perspectives on our political system, our voting process, and even our elected officials. So I want to get back to this and I want you to go back to your thought, uh, Jason. I apologize for uh, interrupting you with that break. Yeah, no worries. Well, I mean, first I'll agree with you hundred percent. There should be term limits. Absolutely. You know, these guys go into office and then they come out, you know, a couple of years later as multimillionaires and, you know, then they get benefits for the rest of their life for their whole family. And they get paid uh, every year, the same amount for the rest of their life. You know um, it's a little bit ridiculous. But, you know, back to what you're saying about Trump. Yeah, they were after him from the beginning, but he was the guy in charge. I mean, you know, he's the guy you're fired, right? Like the apprentice, you're fired. Why didn't he fire all these people? He fired fired almost everybody he hired. (laughs) Yeah, everybody he hired. but, But the people that were already there, these bureaucrats were the ones that internally are after him, right? Um, his own FBI 
like you just said, orchestrated a fake investigation against the president of the United States. I mean, he's the one that put Chris Ray in power over the FBI. He put the guy there and then he complains about the guy that's after him. I mean, yeah, but he should me, never be just... Jason. You know, I, I've been in this community over 49 years and I have friends in the bureau. I know former directors, assistant directors. I know a lot of people. And, and when the president installs someone as the head of the FBI, he shouldn't have to look over his shoulder. But you're right. You know, you, you just took us off on a tangent about the FBI right now. And there's a problem in their management there. You know, we just got rid of a guy by the name of T-Bolt, who was uh, one of 13 assistant directors in the Washington field office because of the way he mishandled interesting information we're about to find out on this Hunter Biden um, laptop. In, incidental to that was James Comey's choice to reword um, his investigation, which would have led to her, her indictment. Let's be candid. And incidental to that are exchanges and text messages between uh, Lisa Page and Strzok. You know, so, you know, we've got problems in the Bureau. You're right. You know, this is something else that has to be tackled. You know, the one thing I know about this, though, is that the contention in the country is going to destroy this country. You know, I oftentimes say there's nothing anyone can do to this country outside of our borders that we're not doing to ourselves. That's the thing I want to leave you with today. So um, I want to give you a closing closing statement for the day, today, and we'll wrap this up. Yeah, no, I appreciate the time. I just think um, if we don't fix our elections, you know, forget it. And uh, as far as that goes, I mean, everybody, I think, you know, maybe that whole place, Washington, D.C., just needs to be cleaned out. Uh, just clean house. You know, everybody's fired. And let's start over because we have a lot of problems. Thank can't, you. I can't argue with that. Just trying to figure out how to do that might be the heavy lift on this thing. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today, buddy. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you. You're, you're going to come back. We're going to continue this conversation because, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people feel the way you do. Okay. And the reality of it is we're all entitled to something better than this. That's the bottom line, guys. We'll be right back, guys. We're going to take a quick break. If you're looking for peace of mind, look no further than Global Elite for your safety. Global Elite Security Force is made up of active and former law enforcement agents. Their force has worked at the federal, state, and local level. They are dedicated to providing the most professional personal security and investigative services available in the private sector. With offices nationwide and globally, this footprint gives Global Elite the ability to coordinate protection and security anywhere in the world. Think of global elite protection services for special events, dignitaries, high-profile net worth individuals, and the entertainment industry security services. Offering drones, weapons detection, shot sporting, chem bio detection, executive protection surveillance, dignitary protection, threat assessment, private investigation, and cyber security. They are the experts in intelligence and private protection services. Go to globalelite.us.com. That's globalelite.us.com to engage global elite. Have you ever thought about doing your own podcast and found the process confusing and overwhelming? Well, let Studio Podcast Suites of Jacksonville make it easy for you. They have everything you need to record, produce, and distribute a professional-sounding podcast. Studio Podcast Suites is Jacksonville's only five-star rated professional podcast studio rental and podcast service company. Studio Podcast Suites provides two clean and comfortable state-of-the-art recording suites for both audio and video podcast recording. They offer a complete menu of podcast services, including editing, 
podcast art, hosting, video, consulting, and more. Studio Podcast Suites, Jacksonville's premier professional podcast studio recording and podcast service company. Book your studio today at studiopodcastsuites.com. That's studiopodcastsuites, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Studio Podcast Suites. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go to an email from a young lady, Gina, in Naples. She's asking, outgoing Florida GOP state representative Anthony Sabatini says that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis owes Donald Trump that he would have lost the 2018 without Trump's endorsement. There's a reported simmering of animosity between the two. If both make a run for president in 2024, how will it end? Who comes out on top? Well, I'm not sure that we have to credit Donald Trump with... um, Ron DeSantis is winning the governor's seat in 2018. That's an opinion. I want to leave it right there. In reference to moving forward, um, I think probably the most, I would say, viable candidate that we have that is more likely to pull the country together in this election cycle is uh, Ron DeSantis. Um, There is no question that Donald Trump still has a very strong hold on the Republicans in this country. Can't arbitrate that. But this is about what's best for the country. There's one problem with Donald Trump. He polarizes this country the same way Hillary Clinton does, the same way Nancy Pelosi does, the same way a lot of elected officials are polarizing the country, including Barack Obama. They're polarizing the country. I think we need to give Ron DeSantis a shot. I think there's some very, very good candidates in the wing, in the wind and in the wings of the uh, Republican Party. Nikki Haley is excellent. Kristen Noem is excellent. I tell you, someone who just left the Democratic Party, Tulsi Gabbard, people should take a look at this young lady. She's very smart, intelligent, speaks well, organized in her thinking and and speech. She's got all the goods, you know, if not as presidential candidates, perhaps vice presidential candidates. But I'm looking at the two people leading the charge right now as Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. But I want to bring up another gentleman, governor of Vermont, Sununu. You need to plug into this guy. He's a very smart, uh, well-spoken, influential leader. And, you know, as far as Trump and and, and DeSantis goes, to me, I'd rather look to someone who is a little bit younger to be candid with you. You know, I hate to say this. Listen, I'm in that demographic that's had to learn this exercise of passing the torch. You have to do that at some point. You can't remain in the driver's seat your whole life. We're having a hard time understanding that in your political world. I want to tell you guys something interesting that most people don't know. In the city of New York, if you're a law enforcement agent, they age you out at the age of 62. If you're a New York State trooper, you're aged out at the age of 58. If you're a United States Secret Service agent, you are aged out at 57. Mitch McConnell is 80. Nancy Pelosi is 83. Dianne Feinstein is 89 years old. And her faculties are gone. Joe Biden is 80. Donald Trump is probably 79. Hillary Clinton's got to be at least 75. Guys, you got to know when it's time to step aside. And what's so interesting is I think there's a complete disconnect in their mentality and their thinking about politics and how it impacts this country. You know, I don't seem to understand. I can't, I can't wrap my arms around what's going on in this country today with the level of division and the dysfunction. When you have a border where 5 million plus people are coming across 
in a 22 or 23 month period, almost a million of them are people referred to as gotaways, those people that came through without being intercepted by our law enforcement community. In other words, we picked them up through cameras and technology like drones. That's a problem. That's dysfunction. Your major cities are dysfunctional. The criminal element is operating with impunity because of bail reform laws or cashless bail like Illinois just passed. Your foreign policies are just shameful and embarrassing, like the one that went on in Afghanistan where we left $85 billion of weaponry close to strategic air base, Bagram Air Base. But most egregious, we left the women and the young girls in that country out in the cold, and the stories coming in right now is they've regressed right back to where they were before we stuck our nose in there. There's an immense amount of dysfunction here that needs to be fixed. We need to put the sword down. Part of what I'm fearful is going to happen but I do understand is going to be this vengeful politics with the Republicans. I have to be candid with you. If they move to impeach Mallorca and Biden and possibly charge them both with treason because of this approach at our border, it won't surprise me. Any case, my money's on DeSantis. I'm going to go to another email, young lady, Sylvia from Austin, Texas. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre is getting slammed over her response for to the levels of crossings at the southern border. She blamed the Republican governors for using migrants as political pawns. Wait, wait. She seems to be absolutely clueless that her own administration is to blame. What does the president have to do to tame this problem? I don't know what problem you're referring to. The problem at the border right now has deteriorated to such degree that we need to temporarily close the border, start the reconstruction of the wall, continue to implement technology, drones, cameras, and other technologies. We need to just shut the border momentarily, allow our troops to kind of regroup and put into place and organize access to this country, not this free-for-all. Once again, and I've listened to this young lady speak numerous times, it is shameful with the disinformation. The president came out the other day and spoke about shutting down all the coal mines, and then she tried to say it was spun. I don't know how shameful or how low you will go, but the fact that you're the voice of this government is troubling. What's happening at the border has nothing to do with a single Republican in this country. This is the byproduct of Joe Biden coming out, First or second day in office talking about a path to citizenship for 8 million illegal immigrants in our country. That was the impetus to the rush at the border. The people living outside this border are keenly aware of the political environment in this country. And when they saw a changing of the guard and the fact that the wall came down, it didn't take much to trigger them to rush the border. And you're living with this. This is immoral and it's a threat to our national security per your FBI director, Christopher Wray. And it is treasonous. I don't know what else to say. Guys, if you engage in an activity that threatens the national security of this country, you are guilty of treason. Make no bones about it. We have people, Snowden, for example, that they want to try for treason. We have a number of people that have mishandled informations or disseminated informations to adversaries. I'm not going to talk about Hillary Clinton and the mishandling of classified information that was so cordially covered up by our FBI should have been prosecuted. Not to go off on a tangent with that, but please know this about but about that whole case, which will alarm you. And this came from the New York City Police Department's highest person who oversees detectives. He was involved in the case. That very same computer that contained classified information in the possession of Uma Abedin, Mr. Weiner, her husband, was taking pictures 
of Mr. Winky and distributing them to a 14-year-old little girl. Classified information was on that computer. The system is broken here, guys. We need to have the integrity re-injected into the system. And it has to be one set of rules universally applied. Let's make this simple. I just had a young gentleman on the phone here that broke down a simple way to vote. He's right. Keep it simple, stupid. We stepped away from that. We've allowed our agenda and our politics to do our thinking. And the most egregious part of this conversation is our young people are going to pay for this. That's it in a nutshell. And, you know, look, Nancy Pelosi's 83. Trump's almost 80. Biden's almost 80. Hillary Clinton's knocking on 80. She's got a couple of years. What do they care at this point? And that's the way I feel they feel about this. And for everyone else that does not want to be part of the solution and put your sword down and start to communicate in a civil way, which is how we used to do it. You see, guys, civility and decency have left the conversation. All we do is ridicule and demean and defile everyone, starting with the media. And the dissemination of inaccurate information is overwhelming. Stop listening to these knuckleheads. I caution you not to be spoon-fed by me. Go out and be, be your own research person. The information's right there for you the same way it is for me. I do have some interesting channels into information, I have to be honest with you. But the same informations are available to you. Don't be spoon-fed by me. Don't be spoon-fed by this 24-hour news cycle that is pulling our country apart. It is irrefutable. The direction this country's gone since its inception and the fact that they seem to think it's entertaining to demean or defile the president. Listen, if Joe Biden's doing a bad job, please be factually driven and do it in a constructive manner. I don't understand this thing about trying to run him into the ground. I don't get that. And if he's done something illegal, when we have a changing of the guard, which is likely to take place today, then go after him with our legal mechanism. If he should be impeached, he should be impeached. You know, what it really seems like is it doesn't seem to matter who at the top crosses the line. Nobody gets touched. You know, we're having discussions about this issue with Hunter Biden's laptop, which is now becoming troubling because even the New York Times and people on the left are saying there's a problem there. We're going to really get into the depth of that problem after today's date because I'm relatively confident that a lot of people that I call closet conservatives are going to come out of the woodworks here and vote because it's just gotten too crazy. And I'm listening to the Democrat Party try to tell people, this is your imagination. Six people were assaulted on a subway in New York yesterday. Nine people were shot in Philadelphia. What imagination, folks? We've got businesses closed up. Walgreens, Starbucks, Dwayne Reap. You can pick them. You can rattle them off. This isn't perceived. This is real. How dare you insult the intelligence of your populace, of your voting base? And I can tell you, I'm talking to friends of mine that are Democrats that state something very simple. They didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left them. If you like the rhetoric of Cortez, Tlaib, Omar, Cory Bush, Stacey Abrams, Letitia James, um, uh, ugh, she's killing me on the West Coast, I handled the security of the Rodney King riots. Maxine Waters, thank you. Then latch on to the Democratic Party and see where it gets you. We're destroying this country. You're watching it in real time. And your children, if you have them, are going to pay for this. This show is going to be heard on Saturday. I hope everyone got off their haunches and went out and voted today, guys. Because we're at a crossroad. This is a defining moment in this country and what will be its history. And I'm not saying this to you as a Republican or a Democrat. I'm saying this to you as an American and as a parent. Guys, we're going to close for today. I thank you for listening. 
And I ask you to tune in next week again. This has been Between the Lines, and my name is Lou Palumbo.